0: The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Well, I don't know what to tell you guys.
1: I kind of <laughs> feel like a broken record. Where here we are, where there's another Dayton loss, where Flyers fans are gritting their teeth a season, John Tisdale, that just becomes mm-hmm. increasingly full of those kind of losses the Dayton Flyers. Dayton a loser in double overtime, 91-89 at Rhode Island. It's John Medell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light as we await the post-game comments live of head coach Anthony Grant here on WHIO Radio. Tiz, there are a lot of key moments, a lot of key stats in this game. The one that sticks out to me is that the Dayton Flyers were up 58-40, with 9.44 left to go. To me, if you're up 18 points with 10 minutes to go, you've got to close that game out yeah. and you've got to win it.
2: No question about it. And that's been the Flyers' M problem really all year. You Their inability to close games out. And not just games out, John, but also halves out. We saw that in the uh, VCU game. But you just saw it tonight. We saw it tonight. And Flyer fans, you saw it. Dayton leading by 18 points, 58-40, and then URI slowly chips their way back into the game. And to me, we were talking about this as uh, Larry and Brooks were wrapping up. There are a couple plays that we could discuss that were turning points. I thought when Fats Russell dove and saved the ball that led to a Rhode Island three, I think it cut it to, I think, 59-49 at that point. I thought that was the... Uh oh, moment where all of a sudden Rhodey had the momentum because Fats Russell was not going to lose this game on his senior night. We'll give them credit because Dayton embarrassed them last year. You and I were discussing that, and you, I know, had another play, but I just thought that was it. Just it just kept snowballing because the turnovers. Not that Dayton didn't play a horrible second half, but they didn't again. Their inability to put game teams game teams away has hurt them all year as they just have played consistently inconsistent. Yeah, they've, they've
1: struggled in particular, Tiz, with the last four minutes of, of halves. Um, here was the oh-you-know-what moment for me where I just got a, a gut feeling where I thought they just weren't going to pull this one out. And they still had a chance to close it out at this point, but I just thought mm, this is just not their night. Uh, and, and it was when Crutcher, and stop me if you've heard this before, Jalen Crutcher feeds Jordy. Jordy fumbles the ball away, and then URI picks it up. Tizzy, they're off and running on the break. They lay it in. They cut it to within 168-67. And then on their ensuing possession, Rhodey takes the lead 69-68. And I know that that was the end of regulation, and it was tied in 69. We go into the first overtime. But that moment when when Jordy fumbles away the Crutcher assist and – Rodney pulls it within one. That that is the moment for me when I thought, nope, not their night. They're not. They're just not going to do it. That's just that. That was when it sunk in for me, thinking, uh oh. Yeah. And they weren't able to pull it out. Ninety-one eighty-nine. They lose in double overtime uh, at Rhode Island. You know they were up six at the break, Tiz, in some really bright spots. You get Rodney Chapman. Was- back. You talk about a spark plug. Tomorrow was is six weeks to the day when Rodney Chapman had surgery to repair the torn ligament in his right hand. He went under the knife on January 6th. It was a projected six weeks recovery, six to eight weeks. He was back in five weeks and six days. Uh, Tremendous spark plug off the bench Mm -hmm. and a tremendous boost for this team to get him back a couple weeks early. uh, Out of the blue, after really the team was pretty quiet because Anthony had told us as recently as less than a week ago, this past Thursday, Anthony told us in his availability that Chat was uh, progressing well in terms of his medical recovery, but he had not returned to the practice floor yet. Well, here comes Rodney Chapman back, and and that was a positive. Zim Wokeji has the game of his life so far. Oh, he was terrific. Zim drops 29 points. Jalen Crutcher with a very Jalen Crutcher like 22. Imbi Watson, as we talk about all, all the time on this show, a walking bucket. He gets 16. Uh, Mustafa Amziel fighting through a difficult night. He had some timely buckets, even though he really struggled. He was 311 from the field. Um, but that, and that, and that small ball, Anthony Grant lineup of death offense, yeah. his was, was firing on all six cylinders. And, uh, we talk about it all the time on this show when Anthony's offense hits the turbo boosters is when they go call it small ball, call it pace and space, call it a five out offense, whatever yeah. you want to, however you want to view it. That is when they hit the turbo boosters and they did today and it gets them up 18, and they just aren't able to close it out, Tiz, and then they blow the 18-point lead with with 10 minutes to go. Just, as you mentioned, a, a really frustrating loss in a season yeah. that continues to, from game to game, and from the 30,000-foot view of, or even just with on the micro level, actually the opposite of that, within each game, consistently inconsistent.
2: Yeah, I mean, that really says it all right there. I mean, look, it, it just seems to me with this team is – they're missing something. You know, it's there's that one thing, and I'm not going to say, look, the obvious you could say, well, they miss Obi Toppin. No, it's not, it's not just Obi Toppin, but it, it, there's not the one guy to gather this team together when the other team is making a run to say, hey, let's go, guys. Come on, this is money time. We got to go ahead, pick our game up, get back to doing what we're doing, and put these guys away. And this team has not had that person. I'm not going to go ahead and lay blame. That's not what we're going to do tonight. But it just seems to me, and John, you've seen you've seen this team more in person than I have. I've, I've I've seen them in the studio all year. It just seems they're missing that one piece, that one piece to say, okay, let's go. And I know the injuries. You know, not having Dwayne Cohill was hurt. I know Chapman being out. I think Chapman gave them that a little bit in the first half and you know it you know i know it took minutes away from elijah weaver brooks talked about that during the broadcast but still the bottom line is this and uh, go back to a point brooks made you got 5840 944 left you got to seal it you got to go ahead it's one of those things i mean what is it you get that's where you got to go ahead go for the kill right there and they didn't do it tonight and you give uri credit and just Flyer fans are putting their hands up in the air on a uh, <laughs> on a very cold Tuesday night here in the Miami Valley, and we're throwing our hands up in the air saying, this is not our year. I think that's pretty much uh, the way that we look at it, but you know what? Now it's on St. Louis, and St. Louis is playing pretty good basketball right now.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating. Like You know, Rody from that 58-40 point, roadie closed the game on a 29 to 10 run to end regulation and i know that ended obviously heading into a first overtime but uh you just it's yeah and i know it's starting to wear on a lot of dayton fans tiz i mean i know it. i've had the conversation with next door neighbors who are Dayton fans with friends you know when we're out doing mundane things like you know shoveling the driveway to had that conversation this morning all right i'll tell you that for a fact where it's it's wearing on Dayton fans because it is it is really it's a frustrating team to follow closely, whether it's on the beat like us, whether it's as a Dayton fan, whether it's, you know, Larry and Brooks and Keith and those guys calling the games. We hear it in their voices when they're when they're calling these games. It's it's a really, really frustrating bunch to follow. And I think Brooks made this point before the game in the Bud Light pregame show that it is even tougher to swallow when you view it through the lens of looking back at last year. And with this kind of year in all its idiosyncrasies and all its weird aspects we're having to go through, it's harder to take because it's coming on the heels of season of dreams that hit a brick wall at hundred miles an hour after March 9th last year. Right. So yeah. uh, it's just, I don't blame you flyer fans if you're frustrated Same and here. just wanting to think, can we just, Pack this thing up and move on to next year because I've heard that firsthand from a lot of Dayton fans this year. So yeah. I'm, all I'm trying to say is I get it. If you're frustrated, I get it because this this is a wildly, at times just head scratching and infuriating bunch to follow. And it, it it caps off you know tonight the latest addition is just it's this loss in double overtime in a game
0: that
1: nobody wanted to see two overtimes of.
2: I mean, we were following people on Twitter where you and I are just laughing about this. I'm like, this was like a game that would never end. I was thinking to myself, what, am I going to come back here on Miami Valley's morning Dews possibly to start 5 a.m.? I was
1: thinking that. Yeah, the B, the B block of the show. is going to be
2: the morning show. That was going to be the impact story, actually. <laughs> Kidding aside, don't worry. <laughs> but look, it, I get the frustration. You know, I mean, it's been a frustrating year. You know, we, we you're hearing it in our voices right now. You've heard it in our voices throughout the year. And especially, like you said, the way last year ended because there was unfinished business, not just in the NCAAs a year ago, but in the A-10 tournament before everything stopped. And look, we've had to adjust to everything. Look you're broadcasting <laughs> you're not even in studio you're broadcasting from a, a remote location uh, i'm via my laptop so we're we're adjusting the way that we're going here folks so we're we're doing this uh, as best we can but look i mean are there times that the flyers have looked good this season yes but it comes down that it, you have to have that level of consistency and this team has not been able to find it all year and because you <laughs> And I like what the way that Brooks put it because we want them, we want them to do so well. When it's not happening, you're like, ah, you know. I mean, it's you know, you're you're a Cleveland sports fan. You could probably relate to this more when the Indians, when the Indians and the Browns, and <laughs> I could relate to that prior to the good runs that prior to 2001 of the Patriots and Red Sox. Uh, I could tell you the disappointings, see of the disappointments that the Red Sox had prior to 2004. But I, I digress. We want the flyers to do what we want the flyers to be what Gonzaga is, but you're going to have years in which they're not. Look at the way Duke is this year, look at the way Kentucky is, and you know what? It's just not happening. And you know what? Now we're at the point where you just want to throw your hands up in the air, hope the temperature gets to forty degrees.
1: <laughs> yeah, come on, spring! Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's people. People get them. It, people get worked up. And to to piggyback off your point about what Brooks is talking about, because they care about this program and because they want it to do well, because they are emotionally invested in it. And I think what adds to the gritting of the teeth for Dayton fans this year is because even after Obi going to the NBA and Mike Sell and Landers graduating, and even after Chase Johnson's departure and Rodney Chapman's injury, even though he's back, and losing Dwayne Cohill before practice even started officially – I think there's enough Dayton fans who look at this team, given all those losses, that still think they've got enough dudes to be better than this and to be more consistent than this. Well, they're not. And I, I'm I'm guilty, I have said this on the air, this season of not realizing how young they are. Yeah. Because they've got a lot of veterans on this team. But I think it's easy to forget, even as we watch it and follow it closely, that you forget that they're as young as they are, and, and Keith Walzkowski has made this point where you hope that you know a year or two down the road we're looking at this team thing. And man, wasn't that 2020, 2021 season really wacky with all the COVID yeah. stuff? And yeah. and boy, that was the growing pain year. But that's also I get, I totally get. Tiz. like you said, it's not what Dayton fans want to hear.
0: No, it's not what we want to hear. Sometimes no. covering this team selfishly, you and I as alums and
1: and and as covering the team, it's more fun when they do really well, yeah. but, uh, this year has not been, I think what a lot of Dayton fans no. expected. Now we no. didn't just expect the train to keep on rolling and to, for, you know, season of dreams 2.0 right. to pick up right where last right. year left off, right. but I thought it would be somewhere in the middle of those two spectrums where this would be in a large team still. And right now, as we sit here on January 16th, they are not, they are not sniffing that conversation at this moment. Yeah. um, and, you know, tonight, as I mentioned, just just the latest uh, frustrating loss where at the end of regulation they're tied at 69, and then at the end of the first OT, you know, they go blow for blow with nine points each, tied at 78, and then Rhodey is able to eke it out to his at the end of that second overtime, yeah. finally after Jordy and Rodney Chapman and Zimwekeji had fouled out, and they pull this one out, 91-89, and these two teams now split the season series so far.
2: Like they've done many times over the years, uh, Dayton getting the sweep uh, last year, and then Rhodey, I think a couple of years, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, they got the sweep, but not. Uh, but uh, usually, it's been a split. It's been Splitsville, but that's not the case. Uh, one point I want to go back to what you said: the the experience between is. We're still waiting to hear from Coach Anthony Grant, and uh, he'll be speaking with our own Larry Hansen coming up in just a bit. You're talked about the level of experience. When you've got guys like Chapman, Watson, and Crutcher before the season, you've got Jordy also coming back. But then you look at the guys. You had Luke Frazier and Kobe Brea. Remember, they didn't start playing really until 8-10 play. Factor that in. And you've got you've seen R.J. Blakeney that has shown signs of, fla- of flashes. Zimmy M. kg I thought, had a tremendous game tonight. 29 points, 9 rebounds, just one rebound shy of a double-double. Um you know there's times we've seen Mustafa um, Mustafa Amzil he's looked good at times this year he struggled tonight it, it just seems to me and it just seems that the the level of experience with the, the experienced players with this flyer team is in one area and it's like the young the new guys are trying to play catch up and they've been they haven't been able to find that level of consistency and and really match that all year. And I think that's what's so frustrating because there are times they play really well. Like we saw with Zimmy tonight. We've seen it with RJ Blakeney playing well with flashes tonight. Uh not having Moo. Moo's been out for the last three games. That has not helped. With their when Jordy gets in foul trouble, because Moo can spell you, can spell you for a uh for a few minutes, especially in the first half. Um Elijah Weaver at times has looked good. Um, now his minutes will likely get split with Rodney Chapman now back in. So I, I think that's where the frustration is because maybe, maybe the expectations were, I don't know, John, maybe to maybe pick up a little bit after the Elite Eight run, maybe do something similar to what Archie's a 7 did maybe 2014, 2015. Maybe that's what my expectations were. Maybe my expectations were too high. I don't know because these guys that are there have shown flashes and have looked good at times. But they just have not been able to come together, you know, for 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 a big run. They they're capable of it, but they just have not been able to really with their inability to put teams away, they just have not been able to do that.
1: Right. Well, and Fordham was the nadir of this season to use an
3: ACT word, yeah, right?
1: And LaSalle they too. rebounded nicely with a gutty win
0: at Davidson in they overtime. Did.
1: Okay. So that's as Larry mentioned after that Fordham game. That was a step in the right direction. It was a single step out of the crater that they dug themselves. You beat Davidson. Then you beat Duquesne. Now you get GW. Now you got a nice three-game little win streak. Then you get smoked at VCU. Then, so far, the ceiling for this team. They go and beat a top 25 St. Louis team at their place. Yes, I know the Billikens hadn't played in a month because of COVID and all these things. But still, that was their signature win so far this year. Then, you handle a decent Rhode Island team at home, 67-56. Okay, there's a two-game win streak. Then you get shedded again at Duquesne with a five-point loss that wasn't nearly that close. No, they That was the Dukes no, opening up that, a can on the Flyers. Then you beat George Mason. Then you lose again at VCU uh, uh, last week. Then you get to almost a full week off with you know St. Joe's getting blown off the schedule because of COVID again. And then here you are, uh, dropping a double overtime loss against Rhodey when you led by 18 with 9:44 left. So it just again, the roller coaster of this season just continues. It is up and down and up and down. And they just yeah. can't, they can't seem to ever string together more than two or three games. I mean, right now they're having the trouble stringing together two games. Where yeah. you know, they're on a two game slide right now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just been tough. And then who knows what the rest of the season looks like? Because right now you got three games on a schedule. Senior night against St. Louis, you got at Bonnie's, and you got a bye week uh, that's built into the schedule because of COVID. We don't know if you know maybe Dayton tries to – does the league try to match up uh, Dayton and Richmond to get to get those two teams in the game that they missed because of COVID. And then for the time being, VCU is on the schedule for March 3rd, but I was told by UD last week that's unlikely. They'll probably
4: have I, I somebody else either.
1: on the schedule uh, because they obviously – Got that second game between the two of them right. and in that UD Arena last week. So, uh you know, at this point, you just, as Larry said before the game, you, you, we think we're looking ahead to St. Louis on Friday, but in this crazy, you know, topsy turvy COVID year, I, who knows? <laughs> it, it, <you laughs> but whoever the next opponent is, is you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, and as uh, as we always hear, you can't let roddy beat you twice. No, you, you can't. You just got to you got to move on from this one and try to get the next
2: one and, and what's made this season so challenging is cuz usually it's the coaches that run it really that's not the case right now the Atlantic 10s right now controlling it along with the doctors cuz you got to go through all the covid the covid-19 protocols and you know, like and there's a lot of schools a couple of them I know are coming back Richmond I know just got back I think Davidson I don't think they're back yet but I think they're coming back sometime I think in the weekend if I'm not mistaken St. Louis remember missed about a month when they had COVID issues, UMass remembers uh, right before Dayton was going to play, they had to pause because, and that was the, a university thing. And sometimes you you got to be, you and, and and we said that Richmond just come back. Richmond playing at, against VCU tomorrow, so this has just been a season where everyone is just they're they're trying to get this season in as much as they can by the skin of their teeth, and that's the other thing that. Uh, that the coaches have had to adjust with uh, all year.
1: Yeah, and what the league's doing too is the way it was explained to me uh, last week was that, and uh, this was uh, I had a conversation with UDSID Doug Hotschild. The league is trying to make it as close to apples to apples comparisons for uh, the seating for the A10 tournament. So at this point, if you're missing games, if you've got a lot of A10 games under your belt, like Rhodey and Dayton, for example, they've yeah. missed probably among the fewest of any team in the league. Yeah. Uh, the league's not going to be bending over backwards to get Dayton and no, Rhode Island replacement games. But if you're like St. Louis and you've only got a handful, okay, mm-hmm. now they're trying to get St. Louis a bigger sample size because they don't want, you know, let's say, for example, if, if St. Louis were to end up playing six, eight, ten 10 games, they don't want to give them the one seed when you've got other teams that have gotten, I mean, they probably would, but you know what I mean? They're trying to get them more games so that you don't have one team end up with 18 league games. Yep. And somebody like St. Louis gets shorted and they've only got, you know, seven or eight in. So they're trying to, to get the teams that have missed more games. That is the way I understand it. Uh, the league is trying to prioritize getting some of these games filled in and, and getting teams like St. Louis, like Richmond, that have had to hit the pause button multiple times, trying to get them games on their schedule so that they can get a more, as I mentioned, an apples-to-apples apples, uh, comparison for these teams when it comes to trying to seed the a 10 tournament that is going to be in Richmond, Virginia this year at the Robins and the Siegel centers. Yeah.
2: And that pretty much, I mean, right now St. Louis, well, they're looking like why they were picked the number one, uh, the, the preseason pick. Uh, St. Louis is up 51-33 against LaSalle, just over 12 minutes left. And, again, they are scheduled. we got to repeat this, scheduled to be Dayton's next opponent on Friday on senior night. And the Billikens, uh, and Dayton had to fight for that win, too. But uh, yeah, the Billikens are looking really good. They're now in basketball shape, and they were not when they, when Dayton played them.
1: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a team that's dangerous when they're right.
2: Oh, absolutely, a- absolutely. And Saint Bonaventure's had a nice year. Richmond, we know, is very good. Look, we know what VCU has done to the Flyers. They're they are good. And what was scary about that uh, from the game the other night? It wasn't just uh, uh, bones that got them. It was the other guys. It was some of the other guys that hurt Dayton. So. Uh, I'd say probably if I had to pick maybe my top four right now, Saint, I'd put St. Louis, and the records aren't going to matter, folks. They, they just don't. You put St. Louis, Richmond, St. Bonaventure, and uh, VCU in the top four of the A-10. And did someone, I don't know if anybody caught this during the broadcast, telecast, someone said that the the A-10 could get as many as six teams
1: <laughs> I mean, come on. As I tweeted, look, I, I know I, they've got... Really? A, I know Tiz... <laughs> i know that they've got to plug the league because of the tv deal but there is a difference between pumping up the a10 and being either disingenuous or just straight misinformed about yeah. the landscape of the league and either is insulting to your audience this isn't this is nowhere close. like divide that by three and you got you got a 2 bid league that's yeah. that's probably what it is yeah but six get out of town right, come on let's let's like i said let's we
2: need not be disingenuous no,
1: about this. No. I, two, I, maybe you think have some dominoes fall the right way, Lee. But
0: it's come on, six. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, Johnny, Johnny, I saw your tweet about that. I'm like, oh I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look, I mean the A ten is not nearly as bad as it's been in uh, in years past. But I mean but I mean it, it, this season. But it's think... also not six
1: it's no. not six bits. Look, come on. Come on. I mean, if you believe this deal is the six-bit league, I've got some gorgeous lakefront property in Phoenix I'd like to talk
2: to you about. And <laughs> hey, maybe they they want to do that. Uh, maybe they could shovel in your driveway maybe or something like they did. Oceanfront property. I'm
1: sorry there you I'm go. Oceanfront property no, in Phoenix. In
2: yeah. Yes. There you go. But, <laughs> so, look, I, I, I think everyone is just like we said, like we talked about it. They're trying to get through the season. And uh, we got Coach Grant. He's standing by.
1: All right, so what does head coach Anthony Grant think about this one? Well, you're about to find out because he is live with his thoughts on this 91-89 double overtime loss at Rhode Island with Larry Hanskin on the other side of this break, right here on the Home of the Flyers.
0: The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin
4: back here in the Bud Light uh, Flyer Broadcast Center on South Main Street in Dayton as Dayton uh, Falls on the road tonight at Rhode Island, 91 to 89 in double overtime. Joined by Coach Anthony Grant and Coach, uh, a, a, a tough one. Uh, a lead at the half, an 18 point lead midway through the second half, but uh, you know a, a game in which maybe one more stop, one more rebound, one more made free throw, one less turnover, and it's a different game.
3: Well, you know that 's basketball. you got to play for forty minutes, and tonight it was forty eight and uh um, you know defensively um, as you mentioned we we were able to build a lead and then the last ten minutes of the game uh, we just didn't didn't do what it what it takes you know the game's going to be forty minutes, not thirty minutes, and tonight we stretched it to forty eight had opportunities um, it's disappointing uh but we have to accept it. We have to understand it. And uh, at some point, you know, we have to grow up and understand what's required every night.
4: All losses hurt, and, and I'm sure this one is very painful for your guys. Uh, there, there was, an, obviously, it overshadows a remarkable performance by Zimi and Wilkegi. Uh, not just the numbers that he put up, but the way in which he was able to perform for you. What did you think of his game?
3: Well, we lost tonight. So, um, you know, for me, it's about having a level of, as a team, consistency across the board because that's what's required to win. And so, uh, you know, every night we have to bring energy. We have to understand uh, what we, what's going to be required offensively, defensively, on the backboard, uh, the ability to take care of the basketball, keep teams out of uh, easy transition opportunities, all those things to me are what's required to win. And uh, we, came, we came up short uh, again tonight for a lot of the, the same reasons that uh, we've seen, you know, all season. And so at some point you have to be able to to, to, to fix it. You have to be able to solve it. And that's on me, uh, my staff, as well as the players. So collectively uh, we just have to be better.
4: You know, your Coach, you mentioned that, that, you know, not maybe at times mirroring the tenacity that your opponent is is throwing at you in in certain uh, times of the game. Did you see that happening tonight at times?
3: I thought Fats Russell, you know, took the game over and and was was doing everything he could to will his team to victory, and his team followed suit. They fought, you know, they they battled uh, on the offensive glass uh young man stepped up tonight and made five threes that uh, hasn't shown uh, that tonight. And, you know, you have to make adjustments when that that's happening. Uh, you know, you have to be consistent in terms of from half to half, you know, and within the half and make adjustments and understand you have to be able to match uh, and surpass that energy, that will, that grit. And uh, like I said, you know, we all have to be better. All
4: right, Coach, uh, please travel safely back, and we'll look forward to talking to you then on Friday. Sure. All right, that does wrap it up here. And again, uh, a disappointing loss as Dayton falls to 11-7 and overall. They're now 7-6 and in the Atlantic 10. They do have the uh, home game coming up on Friday night at 7 o'clock against St. Louis. That wraps it up for me on behalf of Brooks Hall. Larry Hansgen, the final again in double overtime. Rhode Island, 91, and Dayton, 89. Now stick around for more of flyer Feedback
0: the home of the flyers 1290 and 95.7 whio dayton's news and talk the bud light post game show on 1290 and 95.7 whio brought to you by bud light america's favorite light lager premier health Proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating. Make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers. Helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light post-game show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. University of Dayton basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. (laughs) Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by... Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light. Keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers. For over 30 years has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457 1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Well, of all the bad losses the Dayton
1: Flyers have had this year, (laughs) this was the most recent. 91-89, Dayton a loser in double overtime in Kingston, Rhode Island. The loss drops Anthony Grant and company to 11-7 overall and and 7-6. In a 10 play, it is John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And you, in those post-game comments with Larry Hansgen live here on WHIO Radio, John Tisdale could just about smell the smoke coming out of Anthony Grant's ears. He mm-hmm. was not happy. No. And we know that uh, Anthony is never one to bust-toss his players, but this is the second time this year... Yeah where listening to Anthony, this was as close as Anthony ever gets to bus tossing Anthony. uh, That's the second time we've heard him yeah, uh, because he was not happy because he's, he knows when, when you are up 18 with 10 minutes left to go, you have got to close that game out and you have got to come out of the Ryan center with that win. And we hear Anthony talk about a lot, even in, press availability during the week tizzy when he talks about understanding what it takes he says that in calm moments when he's just reflects reflective about what he wants out of his teams during the week he talks about that on the coaches show with larry but when he says it after a game and prefaces it tizzy with saying something like at some point we have to grow up yeah that's that's anthony speak uh, for he's not happy at all with the know. way uh this team played because you know how, how can you be with blown an 18-point lead like that with 10 minutes left and, and continuing to watch this team struggle with, as you talked about in the post-game tiz, they are not one of this Dayton team's strengths. Is not they don't close halves halves well. They don't no. close games well in the second half, particularly the last four minutes of each half. Um, just a really, really frustrating game to watch as they drop ninety one eighty nine in double overtime.
2: No, and that was not fun. I mean, there was no question about it. I mean, I've we know when Coach Grant is not happy. I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, you know, we can question whether or not was it a good idea to take Jordy out in place of MLK. Yeah, you know, that's fine. We could talk about that. I mean, that, but that's not what cost Dayton the game. I uh, they lost the edge. To me, they lost the edge. To me, and you can say the players have to finish the game up, and they, they know they got to finish the game up. They know that they do, and they didn't finish it tonight. And that's just, I mean, when he says the the line, I think he says, we got to learn how to grow up. And just, to me, this is the point of the year where you're not freshman anymore. It's not just at them, John, but, I mean, I I just look at it. It's just everyone is just, they're frustrated. Flyer fans are frustrated. The coaching staff is frustrated. And I'm not sure if it was, you could feel, you could hear that frustration out of Coach Grant when he was talking with Larry tonight.
1: Yeah. He, when he's, first of all, you could just hear it in his voice. It doesn't, it doesn't take a trained ear to hear when Anthony's very upset. But I feel like, you and I on this beat, you know, he, he's he got certain code words you pick up on when he says them that you know that, again, because he's judicious when he talks about his players, he is not one to bust-toss his players publicly. Uh, Didn't do what it takes. Disappointing. At some point, we have to grow up. Need to understand what it takes. He continues to be wildly frustrated, you can tell, with finding a level of consistency across the board because if this team has any identity, aside from making its fan base want to pull its hair out with the up-and-down roller coaster of this year, Tiz. This edition of the Dayton Flyers, their identity is consistently inconsistent. 18 games into this thing, they have solidly established that. Uh, then Anthony talks about coming up short. for, th- and, and again, here's the frustration in his voice, talking about for the, quote, same reasons we've seen pop up all season and then closing with, we just have to be better. I mean, and, and that's the other thing that's, that's got to make, that's got to drive him up the wall. Tiz as a coach is that he is seeing the same things happen all year. How long do we talk to in the post game? 30 minutes. I honest to God, oh, wow. that was a record because we know these guys are going to get their lunch eaten by Anthony after losses like this. So we expect him to take a little longer yeah. than usual between yeah. that cooling off period and him talking to Larry Live on the air for his post game comments, but Tiz, I kept looking at my watch, going, "Oh my God, he is just no, we both he were. is just chewing these guys out because tis I think, honest to God, in the, in the ten years you and I have been doing this show, that might be the longest that we've ever had. Certainly, the longest I think Anthony's taken. That was what thirty minutes, even that, that our producer uh, saying
2: Yeah, our producer I Brandon, mean, uh, Brandon, what would you say? It was about thirty minutes. Would you say at least that? Yeah, he's not, he's he's not in his head. Yeah, I mean, I I don't blame him. I mean, what more folks do you want us to say? I'd be frustrated too. You're up fifty-eight to forty with nine forty to go, and you gotta put it away. I mean,
1: yeah, listen. they had no. Let's just be frank. They had no business losing this game. They just didn't. No, they, they've got. They've got to close that game. Out.
2: Well, and the thing is, he alluded to Fats Russell. That to me, John, I go back to that. That to me was the turning point of this game when he hustled after that, and to me, just for a second, it seemed. Dayton just stopped for a minute, but Fats Russell did not. To his credit, that led to a three pointer the uh, the other way, and that to me is um, just does that to me was the difference of the game uh, to me. Four five seven twelve ninety nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. John Bedell is uh, broadcasting from a uh, remote location. I'm in the studio, so John, we actually got a call. So it looks like what John is is that who you are, John decky is that right? Because I can't tell who you are. But go ahead. Uh, who's who's this?
5: Oh, uh, this is Rex Kardecki. Hey,
2: Rex, how you doing, man? John- well,
5: I've been better after this game. Okay,
2: I don't know, jo- Johnny. Can you hear uh, Rex?
5: I got you, Rex. Rex, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. God. Sorry, Rex. Judas Priest, what a game. Oh, Rex. Rex. Oh gosh, John. I know it just—it's so frustrating with this group of kids and. I don't know if it's a time that they start to think about going possibly a little smaller. Uh, with Zimmy coming in there and doing a good job, gives them a little more efficiency in the offense. And uh, God knows Jordy is giving everything, but, you know, he just he physically in his hands, he just can't get it done. There's crucial times that we lose games, but as Coach Grant said after the game, an 18-point lead with less than nine minutes to go is just unacceptable. So I'm, I am I just have a feeling there's going to be some changes the next few days, and the St. Louis game is going to be a gigantic game to see if they can bounce back or not.
1: Rex, in your playing and coaching days, have you ever been a part of a team that – and I know they're not the first team to struggle with uh, this level of inconsistency, but have you ever been a part of a team, Rex, that str- has struggled as mightily as this bunch has to just – find no. some sort of consistency
5: No, our our group when i was a uh a sophomore and junior at donald smith mike sylvester and that group and they were a very talented group and everything and you knew who to get the ball and the hands of and who was a shooter and who was a rebounder and who was a defender and i think uh rodney chapman came in and did some good things tonight but there's such deficiencies on this team right now that their their margin of error is just terribly thin, yeah. and I could sense it in uh, Anthony's voice tonight, and I just, you know, I I got some real grave concerns for Saturday at St. Louis. I think I'm doing that game with John afterwards, so it's just, they, they've they just got to get their head back screwed on there and uh, try to figure out what's going on.
2: Rex, do you think Zimmy possibly starts in place of Jordy? Do you see a change like that maybe happening?
5: Yes. Yes. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind, Zimmy's A redshirt freshman, uh, long, six foot seven, six foot eight, handles the ball better. Uh, Jordy, Jordy gives it everything he's got, but there are certain parts of the game that Jordy is just not efficient in, and uh, you know we just have to face after. And Coach Donner always said, you know, after ten or fifteen games, you are what you are. If you're shooting 30%, you're a 30% shooter. If you're a 50% free throw shooter, you're a 50% shooter. So um, the way they're rolling right now, they've got to get back on the track or they're in trouble getting into the uh, a 10 tournament.
1: Yeah, the uh, as I always say in the show, Rex, you know, this deep into a season, the Tiger doesn't change its stripes. Um, no. I, I would like to see, Rex, more of this small ball lineup because yeah. we've seen, you know, especially – Last year, but even into this year, that Anthony's offensive system just absolutely hits the turbo boosters when they play small, when they go pace and space, when he runs that five out offense. And I think Zim, and I I don't want people to misunderstand this, I'm not comparing him to Obi Toppin because he's not the same player, but Zim can fill that role within the offense. He can be that sort of stretch five and really... Uh, can fill the void in terms of just that role within that small ball offense, Rex. That that Obi has has vacated now that he's onto the NBA. I mean, I really, I love and and Chapman being back now gives him the ability to do that, yeah. Rex. I want to see, I mean, sign me up for more of this small ball lineup of death because I want to see more. I can't see too much of it from here on
5: out. No, and I agree with uh, St. Louis with French. You know, he is such a physical player, but he's such a terrible foul, foul shooter. So there's a situation where you can bring Jordy off the bench physically to handle French. But I just think that right now the situation is, that, and you can sense it, watching the game. And I was a former player that balls, you know, are thrown into the post. And it's just not being very effective. And uh, we miss crucial free throws down the stretch, you know. And I know you don't like to talk about that. But, you know, if he missed two, right. there were crucial times. And Jalen misses that one down the stretch. That could have tied the game, but that is the way the season has gone, yeah. and uh, it's time, I think, to sort of look look the other way and start figure out where we're going to be next year.
2: Does Zimmy also remind you, Rex? And I, was, and, I and I didn't mention we didn't mention this during the Bud Light post game show, but he reminds me a little bit of Deshawn Pierre almost. I mean, because because Pierre was not as explosive as an Obi Toppin, but Pierre was a solid player. I saw a little bit of Deshawn Pierre a little bit at times. From Zimmy, do you see a little bit of Deshaun maybe in that, in Zimmy too? Yeah,
5: I think he's, he's not physically ready yet. That's for like a Deshaun Pierre. But you put another 20 pounds on him next year. Uh, he's long. His length is very good. He shoots the ball pretty effectively from outside. He jumps well. And I think it's just a matter of getting playing time right now. And I think that's, that's the situation that this group is in right now. And uh, we've got to decide where we want to be going in the last five or six games of the season.
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been a frustrating bunch to watch, Rex. You know, it's just like when when you hear Anthony just continue to be so frustrated about things. Like, you know, when he, when he's talking about at some point we have to grow up, Rex. Is is he right. he's not just talking about the the youngins on this team. He's not just referring no. to freshmen, correct? What's he what's he talking about when he says that?
5: Oh no, he's uh those upperclassmen. They know it. You know the pressure that's on them in this situation. And it's time that you know it's a sink or swim with this group, and uh, you know I think Rodney Chapman will give him some more defensive ability coming in these next four games that Elijah Weaver probably can't. But you know Rodney's been out for for about six weeks, so it's going to be hard for him. But I just I think it's time that this group of kids looks you know right in the mirror and say where are we at, and we are coming into a stretch right now that's extremely tough time. you got St. Louis, you've got uh, St. Bonaventure that's playing great. So uh, it's a sink or swim with this group right now.
4: Yep, and you probably
1: had the Richmond yeah. Spiders in that uh, and that mix yep. at some point yep. before the season's over. Well,
5: yep. former Flyer Rex
1: Gardeki, thanks for joining us tonight, Rex. We got music in our ear, which means we got to go to break. Uh, Dayton the Loser, 91-89 in double overtime. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers.
0: This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Back for the last segment of Flyer Feedback here on
1: WHIO Radio. It's John Dell, John Tisdale, and you here for feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Dayton a loser tonight, 91-89 in double overtime against the Rhode Island Rams at the Ryan Center in Kingston on senior night for Rhodey. The loss drops Dayton to 11-7 overall and 7-6. And yep, you bet, mm. in a 10 play. Hey! Don't forget our friends on Flanagan at Flanagan's on Stewart Street are now hiring. They're currently completing upgrades to create that same flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Flanagan's Dayton at gmail.com. It's John Bedell coming to you from the home studio. John Tisdale coming to you live from our WHIR. Well, technically, we're both coming to you live from our WHIR radio yes. studios through the magic of radio, feeding that feed through the board and out over the airwaves in a radio land but tiz as we <laughs> as we've talked about this is um one of those games become another one of those games where it's Dayton fans just grit their teeth afterwards because man alive has this become a season full of frustrating losses yeah. and just frustration in general for a Dayton fan
2: it it really has been I mean I think you know if you heard the Coach Grant's comments to Larry Hanskin during the uh, post game during the Bud Light post game show. I mean, what was the line you said earlier? You could hear the smoke uh, from way over there in uh, Kingston, Rhode Island, from Anthony Grant's uh, voice all the way up in New England. And just going to tell you, it is going to be a long flight for the State and Flyer team from uh, T.F. Green Airport in Providence. It is not going to be a pleasant one, and it's
1: no. No, and we had Rex, Gar- former Flyer Rex Gardecki join us on the hotline just uh, in the previous segment. And I. there's been a couple of moments this year. Now there have been two. They had to have, I think, certainly a come-to-Jesus moment after the embarrassing loss to Fordham. Yeah. And I think Rex is saying it It might be time for a second uh, come-to-Jesus meeting after this one. Because, yeah. uh, you know, Tiz, the bottom line is you're up 18 with 10 minutes to go. You got to close it out. You've got you no business losing that game. Absolutely. Uh, and they fumble it away uh, at times, literally, uh, but tonight, figuratively, uh, throughout the course of this game, and and they can't get it done and let it slip away in double overtime in a game that nobody wanted to see. I, no. I, I could have done without both overtimes of that game. N- you, uh, you
2: know what? You I could have too. Now it would have been nice if Jordy would have made a couple, both those free throws at the end, right there,
1: regulation.
2: He made one or two. Look, that's not it never should have come to that in the first place, folks. So we're not gonna go ahead and do that. I mean, Dayton missed a number of free throws also. So it wasn't just it wasn't just that. It just it was a number of it was a multitude of things that cost Dayton this game. And it goes back to the main thing we talked about um earlier in the hour is Dayton's inability to finish games, not just at the end of halves. But at the end of games, this team just has not been able to do it. And I thought the second point I'd make is that Coach Grant pointed that out. At some point, this team has to grow up. And I thought Rex made a good point. It's not just the freshmen. The other the other guys need to do it. At some point, they have to come together. And they have not done it all year. Um, there are times, again, I'll repeat what I said as we got about a minute left. There are times they look good, but they don't. They don't do it together. It's like that line that Lou Brown said in Major League. We need that one thing to bring it all together. They well, don't and this
1: is yet. a team that very squarely is in the auto bid or no NCAA yeah. tournament boat at this point. And they're putting themselves even further in a position where they're going to have to win four games in as many days because at this point they're not grabbing a top four seed in no, the Atlantic not 10. at all. And I don't mean this to be a hot take or any prediction or anything like that, but right now this team – Tiz, they look in no way, in no way does this team look to me capable of winning four in as many no, no, days. No. They just don't because no. they can't string together two at this point.
2: Look, Dayton's not even in the top seven. I'm seeing a St. Louis one tonight against LaSalle. Dayton's not even in the top seven in the Atlantic 10 standings right now because you got VCU at first, Davidson second, UMass. Davidson and VCU haven't played in a while because obviously Davidson in particular with COVID and UMass, I think they're probably, what, they're Still, they're kind of in the 10 days of their COVID protocol. They're still in the like middle that.
1: of that two week pause because yeah. that was supposed to be last Saturday. I mean, the last Sunday. It was
2: Super Bowl Sunday, I think, John. I think when they had to pause, it was right before Dayton had to play at UMass. So we got the music playing. So, Johnny, let's call it a night.
1: All right, let's do that. I'm ready to do that, man. I Me think the Dayton fans are ready to call this thing a season. Wait, this one's <laughs> going. So, one more time. Right. Dayton Loser 91-81 and 91-89 in double overtime. Our next game is uh, coming up in just a few days from now. It's Senior Night Friday against St. Louis. The Bud Light Game show starts at 6.30. Larry Hansen will have the call at 7. So, we'll see you on the radio Friday night, Flyers fans. Until then,
0: I'm John Tisdow.
1: And I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well.
0: And go Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.